let's let's arrive for a few moments here because mm. also i want to acknowledge before we begin this conversation that this i'd say is my my first podcast like you are my first uh official podcast guest and i want to acknowledge wow. the the beauty of this moment and uh, yeah. welcome you into this space and thank you for being here with me yeah brother mm -hmm. i'm excited Celebr celebrating you brother ow, ow. and very excited to hear your story and hear your journey mm. and uh this podcast is is called awaken with show and so it's it's an opportunity to share talk open be in that place of what are we what are, what is this what are we doing here mm -hmm. what is this journey what is healing what is opening what is loving what is what is this what is this? held here in in uber maybe three four months ago now and uh, what i really enjoy and have loved about uh, knowing ben and meeting ben is uh one his music <laughs> like dropping into your music brother is so beautiful and the heart that comes through your music from whether the digital the guitar your voice all of it is uh very special and uh, yeah it's touched me many times i want to hear about your breath work today because i haven't experienced it yet mm. but i know that's a part of your life mm -hmm. um and uh, your playful charisma and your and your and your playfulness in in the darkness too and how you allow those characters to come through you and 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 how you maneuver and move around these so well and uh and are real and authentic so i could mm. keep just like bigging you up and we should just get on with the conversation <laughs> so so man you <laughs> can we start That's with nice receive. yeah <laughs> For sure. I know you did an ayahuasca retreat like like a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. What man? What what happened? And what is ayahuasca? What, what was that all about? So funny, man. It's actually your your birthday where I got invited to come and do the medicine ceremony. So um, there was some friends at your birthday, uh, and I got introduced. Um, when they told me about it, I just had this full body yes. And, uh, it was about a week out from the actual ceremonies. And usually, have a lot more time leading up to. The ceremony to to prepare so there wasn't much time for me to to prepare so i was just stepping right in so it was really beautiful because sometimes you commit to these things um you know a month a month two months leading out so <laughs> it was really quick uh prepping for me um and i went into the the journey it's been a while man since i've been blasted by some plant medicine or, or gone deep into something like that um and uh wow man it was like <laughs> it was the most beautiful profound experience of my life um got to sit two nights and very both nights very different um the first night for those who don't know uh, it's, a, it's a powerful plant medicine which which can help you to heal feel express explore and uh and have realizations and, and be in being yourself and uh, the first night, she she the medicine worked really gentle for me, at first, and 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 I, I just felt like I was getting really initiated into medicine man throughout the whole evening. There were certain things that happened within the space. Um, I got to share music in the space, and there was a funny moment where 
I was playing guitar and I couldn't even see my guitar. Like I could just feel it. My eye, I couldn't see. And I'm just playing guitar and I'm playing amazingly and I don't know how I'm doing it. I'm just in it and I'm singing, I'm singing a beautiful song that I'd written before. And it was just really, yeah, it was really extraordinary to be able to play music in that space. Cause I feel when you're on the medicine, everything just becomes so more amplified. Uh, your words, how you're speaking, what I'm playing, like how I felt was just like I was, I'm meant for this space. Like this is, this is a space that I'm, I'm meant to be in. Um, and uh, yeah, it's interesting because I was really enjoying, like I was re- having a really blissful experience, and and I was like, okay, like when, when's it gonna get like, it's, when we go, when we go deeper, so. Uh, there was a call for more, more medicine and, um, and I went and had some more and I asked, <laughs> she told me that to go have a little bit, just go have a little bit. All you need is a little bit, but I went and asked for a strong one. <laughs> and it was that old egoic pattern of mine to want to do more. You know, uh, I used to excessively take drugs and excessively drink alcohol and to see, and just to, to, to the radical point. And I saw that pattern come up within the medicine, me taking the medicine. It's like, why did I need to take another hero dose? Um, so just backstory before the ceremony, um, I got told to the main facilitator that I'm a musician and I sing heart songs. And, and so he came and asked me um, for the ceremony, if I'd like to share something through the ceremony, uh, you can just ask of it, ask me during the ceremony or I can call on you. Um, so there's a moment where it was just so silent. Like it was it was silent for so long, like so long. And I kind of felt like it would have been a good idea to play some harmonica. So I, I thought it was a good good time. So I, I grabbed my <laughs> harmonica and I start to play the harmonica. And and the main facilitator is just like, Jarrah, not now. And I, and I received that being like fucking know your place like uh one respect the space uh two you know he shared that to ask permission to play um and what i was experiencing in this moment was um i I was going through this process of letting go of who ben has been and the life that name holds and i was really receiving the like uh, why my parents called me that name and their their intention for that name and it's funny because my mom actually wanted to call me Jared and my dad wanted to call me Benjamin. Jared's pretty close to Jarrah. And in that process, I felt like uh, the name, I felt the wisdom, the mission, the full depth of this name. Like it's not just me changing my name. It's like there's a mission that this name is asking of me, calling of me. There's an energy behind this name. And... <laughs> And the medicine was just like, if you really want to choose this name and claim this name, then rise up in this moment or sit the fuck down. <laughs> and it was that moment of me playing the harmonica at the wrong time and not asking permission that created that space for me to be like, okay, show me how to rise up. And then it's got taken on this full, beautiful, ancient experience where I was reminded of who I really am and who this name, this Jarrah name is. And I've never experienced so much like 
like ancientness, man. Like everything just felt like, yeah, it was just really wild. Uh, and um, yeah, it was, that was just the first night, which is crazy. Uh, and I just got to be, I got anchored in that. Like I feel like throughout that evening, I was really initiated into medicine, medicine man. Um, and there's, a, there's a quite a lot of other things that happen within the space that uh, I don't know if, it, if I don't know if it's probably a breach of confidentiality sharing it, but there was other things that went down that really helped me step deeper into the medicine man uh, in, in interactive with other people in the space. Um, yeah. Before you move on was, to the second day, I just want to share a couple of thoughts in hearing your journey so far, brother. The first one that stands out to me is playing the guitar, but not being able to see the guitar. Mm. Just imagine a lot of people that haven't explored plant medicines or psychedelics, that that sentence is absurd, right? That, that, that's an it's absurd sentence. How can one play, right, without seeing? Because although you're kind of, yes, you're feeling, but it's it's... Beyond that, isn't it? When you're on this medicine, everything morphs, morphs into a place beyond, beyond this physical world. And what I'm seeing is that you are riding this wave of melody through your body, but it wasn't really existing in this dimension. That's what I heard when you spoke those words. And correct me if I'm wrong, of course. Mm -hmm. and, um, and the other thing that... that uh, The other thing that stood out for me was the ancientness. Like when you said ancientness, what did you mean by ancientness? What was that ancient experience you had? And how, how do you see ancientness? Where, what's the feeling or the knowingness of ancientness? Mm. What is that? Yeah, it's a great question, man. I felt like I was, you know, for a long time, man, I didn't really believe in like past life experiences or these kind of like, experiences where you have that remind you of who you might have been like I was just kind of a bit skeptical and I uh, had a few experiences that kind of like shifted that for me and uh during during the journey I just really felt like I was being reminded of who I was before and that this name Jarrett holds that energy of the, the innate wisdom that I've had for many lives but that wants to come through in this life hmm. and everything just felt ancient. Like even how everyone looked, like even my interactions with some other brothers when we were doing harpe and rape outside. Uh, there was a moment actually we were in the garden and there was only men in the garden doing rape and harpe and it just felt like men's business. And we just felt like we were kind of disciples in this, in this gathering of, of brothers and men to help each other in the purge and help each other in during the medicine. And um, that's what I mean by ancient is like being reminded of the ancient wisdom that we have innately within us. That's been either passed down for our lineage or we've experienced in another life that we've been able to now bring in um, to this life. Yeah, yeah, man. Like as, as you're sharing that, my whole spine was alive. As you stepped into that energy of expressing that further, like I'm like, this is life. This is life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah mm. So is there a day two? 
there was a day two. Uh, yeah, a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of peacefulness and a lot of rest during during the day because um, we you sit in ceremony during the night overnight, and uh, leading into the second uh, second journey. Oh, I missed out a key part towards the end of the last journey. I was doing a lot of um, just calling in, like I was really connecting with the medicine and spirit and really communicating with her. And I was in this really beautiful place and being able to ask her questions and ask her guidance. And um, I recently had this powerful psychic reading by this woman and I was asking about relationship, about like, um, you know, I'm desiring a deep committed, committed relationship and she helped me understand some things about what's going on in the past and, she said to me that you actually don't know how you're going to manifest this woman, Like you have no idea. <laughs> and all we, and yeah, she's like, you have no idea. And that's the medicine. You just have to ask for it and to say that you're ready and have to ask for it. And this like, woman was amazing, man. She's like, I know you, I didn't even tell her I was sitting medicine. And she was like, I know you're sitting medicine this weekend. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. And uh, she's like, yeah, just ask, just ask for it. When you feel ready, ask for it. So towards the end of the other journey, first night, I just put that out there. I was like, hey, like, uh, I'm, I'm ready for this deep committed union and relationship. And and uh, you can experience a lot of visuals on the uh, on the medicine because it has the uh, acacia root, which is activates DMT, DMT uh, experience within uh, your psyche. And this is this is a pretty funny. This is a pretty funny thing happened. So I asked for this. You know, I'm ready for this. Said to grandmother, I'm ready for this deep union and committed love. And I want to journey with this woman and, and be a king and hold her and support her and also be my own heart and leadership and lead. And she's like, okay, done. And then I saw, you know, when you like book a ticket for a flight or, or an event and it says booking confirmed, uh-huh. I literally saw desired woman confirmed, please wait. And it said one, it said times one committed union zero dollars. Thank you for booking. And I was like, That's so good. And I was just like, I was in hysterical laughing. Eh? like I was just like, oh my days! Oh. Like, what what a blessing. Um, so it was the kind of last little tail end of the first day, and leading up to the second. Uh, getting ready to start getting ready for, for the ne- next next night of medicine and uh, go have a shower, get into my old whites and I sit down in my spot and get all ready and people are arriving because there's some new people arriving as well and people arriving, I'm just sitting on my mat, just really present and then this woman walks in, man and I literally get stopped in my, like, my I felt like my heart stopped for a moment because I was in, I was like, had such a full body response to this woman walking into the room. And I recently wrote a poem about, for a long time I've had the, having these dreams about this woman and she'd never show me her face ever. She'd never show me her face, she'd show her body and she's always wearing all white. And when this woman walked in, I was like, that's the woman from my dreams. Mm. I just mm. felt this like, that's the woman from my dreams. Mm. And I was like, holy shit, like, what, what are we going to do with that? Like, um, and I allowed myself to feel in that moment, but I was, I was really trying to focus on like just centering myself and, 
and and not trying you know get caught in like there's a beautiful woman just walked in like I thought it may have been a distraction you know like like this this beautiful woman's like a like taking me away from my process potentially that's how I was kind of like perceiving this like come on bro like this is the mental uh, internal dialogue like come on bro like stop trying to chase women right now like this is not the space like you know <laughs> um yeah. so I kind of just just like let that be there and then leading up to that to take the medicine man I just felt so agitated like I just felt like a little bit like I don't know, my, my egoic agenda was coming in a little bit. The head noise was a bit more louder than it was. And I was just like sitting with that. And I'm quite a sensitive person. So I was like, am I just picking up the energy in the space? And then I just noticed that I started to judge people. Like I started to judge this particular person. And this guy was, um, it was super late. And uh, just ha- just this, I, just, I was just judging him basically. I was really in my like egoic self at this point, just judging and um, I had to do a lot of like self-awareness to get myself out of that before taking the medicine. So I, um, I took my, had the medicine, went, sat down and it, it kicked in within like two minutes, three minutes. Like usually it takes about half an hour, but this kicked in so hard and so fast and I've never experienced something so intense, like the visions, the feelings in my body, the noise that I was experiencing. Like there was no noise. It was complete silence in the space. And all I could hear was loud, intense sound and, <sighs> and the most wildest visions. Like it was to the point where I actually passed out from how intense it was. And in the passing out was when I was able to fully surrender to what that the intensity was trying to show me and the intensity was showing me the noise and the chaos that the ego that we have within us likes to create for us. And, and the ego, you know, as you know, like it does, it's got one job to keep us alive and it wants to keep us comfortable. But I was experiencing the, 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 the loudness of that and how loud it actually rings through I was like in the physical experience of that and I was like hey what do you what's what's deeper than this like how do I move out of this and she's like surrender to surrender to me and I'll show you the way that's what I heard and I just <laughs> took this big deep breath and it was like, and it literally just went and I got anchored oh. and embodied in the most the, the most blissful kingship feeling I've ever had in my whole life. And she's like, this is who you are. And I had, I just got to experience a physical, emotional, spiritual, energetic experience of my own heart. And the beauty that it wants to bring, the joy that it wants to bring, the music that it wants to bring through, the, 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 just the happiness it wants to bring through. And then she's like, yeah, like, and she's telling me about how she was telling me so much information. She was just like, you do this, you do this, this, you do this, and you're going to come see me in Peru in April and you're going to uh, work with me and then you're going to be serving in a one-on-one space. And I was like, whoa, more initiation into medicine, man. 
and and then the facilitator for the night uh, kept asking me to play music, and I felt like first night was like moving through all the mud and everything that needed to be let go of because I did a lot of purging the first night. To then the second night, being able to have like a little exposure to what it's like to be on the medicine and be in the medicine journey, like sharing music and being part of the collective process of of being like in this kind of support role uh, of that space. Like I felt like I was invited into that unofficially uh, through the medicine and through that evening. Um, and it, I've never, like everyone looked so good because everyone's wearing white. Everyone looked so good. And I don't know how I could see in the darkness. Like it was complete darkness and I could see so clearly. And everyone looked so good. I felt so good. I was singing with everyone and like the, the angels that were supporting. And it was just a, re- just a really reminder of like how beautiful this life is and how I get to now experience and taste the fruits of my labor from from the the work, the work that I've done on myself leading up to this uh, journey in in the last five to six years, and she's like, "Here you go, like you get to enjoy these fruits of your labor." And I was like, "Yeah, thank you, grandmother." Uh, and I was expecting to just get absolutely fucking blasted by her through the whole, you know, like deep purge and like, you know. You know how it is, and but it was not. It was like just such a reminder of the truth of who I am, and the truth of who I'm coming, and the truth of my path. Hmm. Mm. Your story, Jara, your journey is very inspiring. Really beautiful to hear you share. Mm. Yeah, man. I've never done two days in a row. I just did it the once, the one night. Mm. And I can imagine that because you've been so opened up the first night and released the stuff that there must be so much spaciousness on the second night to really allow that light to shine through. And, yeah. 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 And I kind of, I didn't really learn my lesson from the like I, first night. Uh, so like I was feeling really good and I was like, oh, you know, I could have a little bit more medicine. Like, let's have a little bit more. And she's like, yeah, you can have a little bit. Just just ask for a little bit. So I go up there <laughs> and ask for a little bit more than a little bit. <laughs> and she's like, I sat down. She's like, I thought I told you just a little bit. <laughs> so she kind of took me back. She kind of took me back to the beginning a little bit. She gave me like the beginning for like five minutes again. Uh, and she's like, um... I'm trying to teach you the subtleties of this medicine. Hmm. You know, you don't need to be blasted to feel the, the experience to work with me. And it's just like what a, a metaphor for life. It's like, how much do we like to excessively do stuff? And like, I need more cacao. I need to do more events. I need to do more of this or like consume myself with more. I need more money. I need more, more things, you know? And it's just like, nah, like, can really experience the beauty of anything in, in the smallest amount or whatever amount we desire it was, it was right for us I'm, I'm curious to know how does she speak to you 
how do you receive her in what modality or way or sense like what's your knowingness there with the medicine with the medicine with the grandmother yeah, yeah. she comes in many forms for me like uh, my intuition works in a very interesting way uh so sometimes it's in the form of my self but in a different tone of voice so i know mm. the difference um but she was coming very strongly as like a as a grandmother figure like that like i could mm. see her and she was communicating in that way and then wow. like showing me through story so story is a really big part of my life and uh, i knew she how i experienced the world is through story uh like um I feel like my life is a big big storybook mm. and each chapter just gets even more beautiful so it's kind of like that as she like a it's like a slowly each page unfolds and she's showing me and she but it, for me it was very uh uh what's the word like very mixed sometimes it'd be like this sometimes it'd be like that um yeah or sometimes someone would represent something and then that would lead me into that different <laughs> essence of what's going on I hear that we all uh, feel no experience differently and I I love these conversations of how can we how do we even in everyday life you know even outside of medicine world how do we listen to those parts of us how do we listen to the subtleness of life I love I love the teaching that you're receiving from her mm -hmm. it's it can be so gentle and fine and I are like opens up our ability to our capacity to to see more finely right to drop in and really mm. see what's there it kind of opens up the lens the portal into like a, a deeper knowing um but it's here right now right like as like none of that is not here it's here right now it's just can i can i be so present enough to see that i was chatting mm. to um i was uh i was on a date just last night and i was chatting to a a, a, a sister of mine and she was telling me of this moment when she was meditating and this this blue being just comes into her face like in her mind's eye and it's like is this real is this not real should i tell people about it should i not tell people about it and like we still live in a world where a lot of this subtle stuff is still very taboo right mm -hmm. and and yet when we go on journeys like this into these other worlds it's like can't be confused for not being real it is as real as real can be mm. like this these spaces that exist mm -hmm. right and and it sounds like you're being initiated into in a beautiful way of course mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah brother yeah yeah it's like where we are like as we awaken we're we're becoming uh sane in an insane <laughs> world yeah these are spaces to remind remind us um one lucid juicy thing kind of want to go back to a thing that i shared into the story about this beautiful woman that that came into the space um which i've been able to we've been able to connect after the ceremony and we've been we've been sharing a lot of beautiful insane moments and time together since the ceremony and it's extremely real like it feels extremely real and so like yeah the words the words aren't there like the words are hard to express of this 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 other being that i've been able to interact with that's just a goddess uh and and like just gratitude to the, the medicine for for that 
for calling that in for me. So there's a nice little, nice little uh, loop back to that share. Celebrating that, bro. Yeah. 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 Celebrating that. Happy for you in this magic. Thanks, bro. Mm. What I also love about listening to you um, in this moment, this story, is, is witnessing a brother who is like he's aware of himself. Like, as you were sharing the word I wrote down, I was like, you were in that moment where you were judging everybody. You're in that moment where you were just like looking around and just like, what's going on here? What's going on here? Right. And that state. And you had the awareness to see that that state wasn't conducive to life, to love. Right. And you asked, there was like an asking, how do I get out of this? How do I move beyond this? How do I, how do I escape from this? How do I? dissolve this or whatever you, mm-hmm. you, words you use and you asked and I want to translate that to the real world the real I say the real world this is the real world uh, like yeah, the, yeah. the normal world we usually live in which is kind of normal but really kind of diseased um, but like this this world here we can also ask here too but a lot of people mm-hmm. have forgotten that we can ask including myself I don't ask nearly as much as I I actually feel as if I could in everyday life to support the unfolding of this this journey this existence mm-hmm. but when you're on medicine and you're in it so much it's like I've got, what can i do we have to we have to just surrender don't we you surrender to like okay like <laughs> help me out please help me out please and mm-hmm. and we we are humbled i have experienced mm-hmm. that, that humbling mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting you share that i was having a conversation in a couple of days ago with someone and Talking about when, when an event happens in your life, you know, if you like, you know, here in Bali, people have motorbike crashes all the time, right? It's a common thing. Foreigners or anyone having crashes because it's, you know, and usually leading up to any sort of accident or any kind of event in our life, there's always these like little breadcrumbs that are like the universe is showing us little signs of like, slow down, be more present like leading up to the incident, maybe days before or that day. And it's like, we don't listen to the small breadcrumb that we get because it's like, it's not big enough to be like, why aren't we, why aren't we listening to that? And, and it's just like, why don't we listen to like, sometimes there's interesting thoughts that don't make sense or those random thoughts that make sense. And then, you know, four hours later, you're, you've crashed your bike when you got told to slow down <laughs> that morning you know yeah as you're as you're speaking there i'm reminded of these moments when i'm driving my bike and like stones hit my forehead or my face and like it happens on odd occasions in my life like Mm. for like one week i might get hit three or four times in the face by a stone when i'm driving my motorbike and i'm like like, why is this happening right now and it doesn't happen for ages and all of a sudden i'm hit again 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 and and I can also see the part of me, which is like reaching for what does it mean? What does it mean? Because like I've lived in the realms, the, 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 the subtle realms, everything's connected for so long. Mm. And there's also then the part of me reaching sometimes for that need to find the meaning to the things. And I found that's not healthy for me sometimes if I'm reaching too much mm. for understanding everything. And like, that's another lesson for me in this moment is just the surrender, trusting, you know, it's like, yeah, listen, mm. listen, but let's not grab on to trying to know everything. Cause we can't, 
possibly ever know anything and everything. Mm. But can we listen? Can we, yeah, can we listen mm. to the subtleties of life bit by bit? And then the web, the canvas is created, right? Isn't it? the canvas is created and we can see the journey. Yeah. 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 And sometimes things don't mean anything, really. They're just happening, you know? This is it. Ram Das talks about this a lot, the absurdity, right? Like nothing. Uh, right, we're making stories up, right? Aren't we? Right? Because, but yeah. what? what is this? What is this thing? It's like we're here. Mm. We might as well enjoy it. What should we do with it? Right? And mm-hmm. I'll speak personally for a moment as well. Like being part of the, the spiritual community, the new age spiritual community in places around the world, right? And like it's beautiful being part of communities and tribes that are learning to better themselves or deepen into something which the old world that I grew up in didn't offer me. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's still just a story. It's still just a story of like, let's, let's make the world better. Let's all wake up. I mean, like, but do we want to stand for something? Do we not? Do we want to be free? Do we not? Mm-hmm. Like if we stand for something, are we free then? If we want something, mm-hmm. Are we, we're no longer free because we, we want to be something. We want to do something. And so mm-hmm. what's more important, freedom or, or standing for something important and true? You know, I, this mm-hmm. is something that I'm just going through right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. brother. Hey, you want to play some music? I know we talked about before um, you sharing some music on the, on, on the podcast. You want to or yeah, you're not feeling I, it today? Yeah. So I jammed at um, Open Mic at Sayuri last night and I went, I cut sick, I just went wild with the dig and the guitar and I have a huge blister on my thumb. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to be able to play right now, um, which uh, no. is, is a bit disappointing for the potty, but... Uh, no yeah. worries. I love how you say potty. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange thing, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Thank you for your stories and Ayahuasca mm. and journeying into that place with me. And um, sharing that uh, so openly as well on video, right? Because these mm. these spaces are sacred, and to mm. to share about them in detail and depth and and love that you did, uh, I, I can see the the reverence and the honor for this medicine, right? And like mm. this is important that it's kept, even as more and more Westerners are starting to take this medicine more and more and more, and it's becoming a bit mainstreamy in these tribes. Can we still keep that depth of um, honor and reverence and um, and trust and love for what is beyond us, well, this, this earth that's holding us, that which we are, this land, the matter that we are made up of is itself, is itself her. It's nobody else. It's her. Like this is her, this matter right now. Um yeah amen to that brother amen yeah mm. thank you brother hey let's talk about um breath work a bit um, sure because i know you are a breathwork facilitator and mm. you've been practicing this for many years i think back in australia uh maybe here i'm not sure yet and uh and yeah and i see out in the field in the world like this breathwork thing is becoming more and more important right there's a lot of people mm-hmm. have heard about it, not necessarily tried it. Or why mm-hmm. is breath work? Why does this help? Why is this important? 
And I'd love to start from that place in the conversation. Like, mm. what is breath work? What, why is this in uh, a beautiful healing modality? And why is it different mm. than just breathing? Right? Or like, or like, I mean, mm. I breathe every day. Do I have to learn how to breathe again? Or is it something else? Like, these are simple questions, but I'd love yeah. to start from that place. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, man. It's so funny, eh? Because um, when I started getting into breath work, my, my family, my family very traditional. I come from... Uh, my mom's Italian, dad's English, and very traditional Italian side of the family. And I told him, I told him I'm going to become a breathwork practitioner. And there's kind of this running joke in my family where they're like, oh, everybody, wait, teach me how to breathe. I know how to breathe, you know? That's the kind of, you know? And it's uh, it's funny because that's a lot of like, uh, it's a lot of things people say. It's like, well, I, I breathe every day. Why do I need to learn how to breathe correctly? And And the truth is that, 80% of the people in population aren't breathing correctly. Uh, and and that's because of different events they've experienced in their life, the stresses of life, them having a really uh, jacked up nervous system from, yeah, the, the stresses of life, the tension that we, people experience, financial stress, emotional stress, physical labor stress. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of people in the world uh, walk, walking around with dysregulated nervous systems, which then um, create all kinds of symptoms, depression, anxiety, more stress, uh, mental health um, challenges. And the breath really helps us to come back and be in our body. And you're right, without the breath, we wouldn't be alive. So breath is life. It brings us life. It brings us oxygen. And when we can use the breath in a powerful, intentional way, it becomes a really powerful healing modality. And uh, I've been really sitting with the word healing for a while now, and I've come to this conclusion that the word healing, nothing nothing to be healed. Nothing of itself is broken or wrong, and nothing needs to be healed. But I feel like healing is the returning to wholeness. We're returning back to the, the, the purest form that we are. Uh, that we were born into this life to when we first took our breath when we came into this world. And the breath activates different states of consciousness, which allows us and gives us access to different parts of our body and different parts of our consciousness. And by doing that, we're able to process uh, stuck or stored emotions that are in the nervous system from memories, from traumatic experiences or any event where our, our flight, fight or freeze responses Stress responses, also known as, have been activated. Uh, so, yeah, for an example is like, um, imagine like a gazelle was running through the plains of Africa and it's getting chased by a lion. And it's, the lion's getting closer and closer and closer. But so lucky for the gazelle, it gets away from the lion. The first thing the gazelle will do, it will shake its body. It will move through all the fight and flight responses that are activated from getting away from the lion. And that animal does that innately, instinctively, because that's what it knows to do, to come back to neutrality, to be back in the world, to be back in its center. Um, because they live in such a uh, place where they're a threat all the time, where we're similar. We're similar to animals in the sense that we go through stress responses and these fight and flight responses. But the thing is, we aren't taught at a young age or society doesn't teach us there's no role models not many role models there's plenty of role models but not many role models 
even for my own personal life, I didn't have many role models of regulated people in my life or shown the tools how to process my emotions safely and powerfully and gently and softly. So people are just uneducated about these tools of how to even take a few breaths to just de-stress themselves in a moment to be able to regulate. Uh, and I feel like that's foundational one of the breath is regulation. It's like the breath work is the breath work is a super powerful tool and you can go to some really beautiful, emotional, powerful uh, places, emotionally, physically, spiritually, very similar to, it's very similar to a medicine journey. Um, but I feel like we can't get to that place of having these really powerful life transformational experiences and realizations without being regulated. So it's, it's really important to, to be in your body first before going into this deep cathartic emotional or these deep spaces where you do, you know, uh, conscious, conscious connected breathing for an extended period of time. Uh, and I feel like what happens in the space, the shadow of this, of the, of this getting so big in the world is that people are going and having these experiences and it actually is re-traumatizing them because their nervous system and their body isn't in a place that is ready for that experience to be able to hold that. And it's not like they're not ready to able to go through it and process it in that moment. It's the integration. Hmm. The nervous system actually can't fully integrate that experience because it's it's actually dysregulated still. So they have this huge awakening experience and then they go into their real life and they just go back into the same place again because their actual body and nervous system can't hold that new found transformation. So they just remotely go back to old patterns and behaviors and they're back in the same place they were again. Uh, so there is a shadow to this, 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 this work that uh, a lot of people are doing it and it's, it's not being held and it's not safe. And then the, the light side of that, that there's some amazing people doing incredible work in the world that it's, it's transforming masses of people through the power of the breath. Yeah. A brother of mine, Naraj, founded a company called Soma Breath. And mm, I love Soma, how... Yeah. I love how he he he's brought in like sound, movement, dancing, parting, breathing mm. in community. He's like he's 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 mm -hmm. brought tribe together to breathe together in large groups and I think mm. there's just a there's just a genius about that again because we've forgotten to to do that, like to regulate together in community when we've all created that harmonized breathing space together if, if we if that is the style that's being propagated in the moment it's like breathing mm. together like that field becomes so harmonious doesn't it and mm. the hearts can feel safe the bodies can feel safe what you shared a moment ago about being in the body because well, i find this interesting what does being in the body mean right and like i i didn't I didn't used to know this, right? And I feel as if I am much more aware these days. Like when I notice myself going up, oh, coming back down again. In fact, I remember traveling through India just before COVID with a group of healers. And uh, at this point, this was, I guess this was three years ago, three and a half years ago now. I, I didn't know what it meant to be in my body. 
Um, and I remember sitting with these guys and over the course of this five months period of traveling through India together with this group of healers, the number of times that my friends had said to me, um, Darren, come back to your body, come back to your body, come back to your body, come back like hundreds of times. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and and most of us, like you just shared, are, are very disconnected from this from this matter, and aren't safe here. But at least I can speak for myself in in that I didn't even know what here was. I thought up there was normal. I thought that was all I was. Mm. Like the mind was all there is that existed. I didn't even know there was something else, somewhere else to go to, to be at. And I lived for decades like that. And when I look out into the world, like that is, that's what we exist in. A complete disconnection, mm-hmm. the severing from matter, mm-hmm. from the body, from Gaia, from, from this, mm-hmm. from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's so, so breath work is one of these tools. So breath is this way of mm-hmm. coming back, right? Somehow coming, mm-hmm. coming back into connection here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coming back to neutrality and back to, back to center, back to being grounded. And, uh, and uh, tell me that's interesting that you just shared is like, uh, that I was thinking about is like, who do we look for in the world to show us the way? And, you know, when we're a child, we look to our parents, we look to the teachers, we look to the people in our life. And if they're dysregulated, which most likely they are, uh, yeah. and that's how we learn how to then kind of be in the world. Uh, and, and then that just gets rippled out and then you're surrounded by other people that are dysregulated because people navigating whatever they're navigating of their own world. And it's just like, whoa, like it's not until what you, you're around people that are like, remind you, like, come on, brother, take a breath. Like, and nature yeah. is always reminding us of that. The way the ocean moves in and out, the way mm. the trees move in the wind. Yeah. The, the way you said that felt very poetic. I felt like a, a current of energy flows through my being. And I was mm. like, ah, oh, yeah. It felt quite orgasmic then as you just mm-hmm. moved your <laughs> spoke those words. Because it is, yeah. the ebbs and flows, the waves mm. of life, and, and our breath is the synchronization to the rest of the life that is inside of us, mm-hmm. outside of us. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, how do we bring them together be with our breath be with our body stay connected mm-hmm. allow what needs to happen mm-hmm. then happen because when we're in our mind we mm-hmm. close and control and hold don't we and breath is the yeah. doorway to the body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes the bridge mm. you're just probably picking up my um <clears throat> my orgasmic vibes from the last few days i've just spent in the mountains <laughs> this beautiful woman uh, <laughs> yeah the essence is still there <laughs> Yeah. where'd you head to obviously uh, for the viewers at home like we're we're both in bali right now Brad and i mm-hmm. and uh this is this is where home at, home is and i believe you're making mm-hmm. this home you're moving from australia here and mm-hmm. making your way to mm-hmm. to these lands i've been here here a year now and something special about bali for me is the the connection to the gods that the locals have like so mm-hmm. much beauty and their devotion that i really mm-hmm. admire that we've forgotten often in the west i feel so mm-hmm. so orgasmic vibes huh which mountain did you go yeah. to yeah a gung um 
No, it was kind of near, near like, uh, it was like northwest. I've never been, I've been up to like um, a Munduk area. It was kind of like more like east of that, uh, west of that, somewhere I hadn't been before. And there's actually a really great example of, um, of you know, feminine and masculine. And, and, and that, those masculine and feminine, get kind of, those words get thrown around a lot, right, in the space that we're in, like being your masculine or being your feminine. And this woman that I've been uh, connecting deeper with, we're like deeply awakening uh, or deeply creating space for both of us to be in each of those. So for me to be really my masculine, her really in her feminine. And I have had a tendency in the past in my relationship to attract more masculine women because of what I was demonstrated in my childhood within my parents' dynamic. And that's always been unhealthy and always end up with me feeling hurt and just all messy, you know. And lately and the more that i've stepped into my kingship as a man and my own masculinity and me up to lead and love from my heart I've, I've i've been able to interact in this new way before and even more deeper with this 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 goddess this woman because she's so in a feminine and i just like i feel like such a man when i'm around yeah. her i just feel like such a man that i can lead and she expressed to me the other day that she'd love to um go and experience a night under the stars in the jungle. So I took that, I took the vision of that and I just led with it. And in, like I, I found a few places, I chose a place, I booked it and said, we leave Monday. And I took ownership and, and led that. And that felt really good. That felt like that was really like, just felt an embodied thing to do. So I found this place and I uh, had a beautiful like, glamping set up, but I had this beautiful uh, like hammock like this rope hammock that came off the uh, the the deck of this glamping, and it was just over the jungle. And we just had the whole the whole canopy of the jungle, the, the beautiful sky, and we just I set up this beautiful hammock of pillows and blankets and like this mattress, and it was just so comfy. And we just spent the both nights under this under the stars, and uh, the first night we saw. 12 shooting stars <laughs> mm -hmm. and this one that just went for like I swear five seconds it was just like and it was just amazing like it was just so beautiful to be out there in the nature and be in a village and just so quiet out there and so peaceful and so simple and just clean and just really reminded me of the beauty of this this island we get to call home, and then coming back into Ubud, it was like, whoa, there's a lot yeah. going on. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's why I recently moved just north of Ubud. I'm like 15 minutes north yeah. of Ubud. I'm like, I did a year there, or like 10 months there, and I was like, that's that's enough, that's enough. The traffic, the intensity, it was like on the roads. Like, um, but now, now I have this, I have this valley in front of me. I have this really beautiful balcony I'm, I'm sitting on right now and just green deliciousness, these incredible flocks of birds that just kind of swirl around. Mm. Some, sometimes they fly into my house here and like just swarm in and out of the house. I'm like, ah, blessed place to live. Mm. Such a blessed place to live, you know? Mm. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. As I'm sitting here with you, brother, I'm enjoying um, uh, the feelings in my heart. 
I, I, it's nice to just be in presence and realness and just slow down. Mm-hmm. Like in Uber, I find I'm going from this workshop to that workshop, you know, and, or, or hanging out in the coffee shops and the cafes, which are all beautiful, mm-hmm. but they're bustling and busy. And there's something beautiful that I, I, I enjoy with the simplicity of this. The simplicity mm-hmm. of just being with a brother or a sister and being real and intimate and honest. And as you were sharing your 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 words about your your time in the jungle or, or underneath the stars, mm-hmm. I was feeling into the beauty of what I felt last night on this first date with a woman. And, and mm. like, it's just the first date. I have no idea where it's going to go. Yeah, it's the first time in a very long time. I too have felt a um, a beauty in, in love and openness, such softness in in someone else that I, I just want to love up and really want to love up. Mm. Right. And, and I can see myself wanting to make her mine. Mm. And I'm watching the part of me, which is like how much of that is, is desired or needed. How much of that's coming from pain how much of that is a beautiful thing to create and hold a container for a feminine and mm-hmm. an embodied feminine woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a beauty in holding that container and allowing the, that to nurture the feminine, the flow, the beauty there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm watching how much I want to take her and have her versus be here with her. Mm-hmm. And and also honoring what I want next. Cause like, mm-hmm. like I'm, I, after being single for the last year and a half, after a previous long relationship, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of ready for something now. Like I'm ready to drop mm-hmm. in and deepen similar to, mm-hmm. I think what you just described yeah. there, kind of ready for that again now. Mm-hmm. And uh, hearing your story about it, like fills me up with joy. Like it's beautiful yeah. seeing, seeing, yeah, seeing you huh? explore that because I'm inspired. Yeah, man. Thank you for your gentleness. Um, is there anything you feel as if you want to share here in this space right now? Anything else that you feel as if you want to um, uh, offer offer in? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting uh, that you uh, we spoke into a little bit about breath work, and uh, it's it's something that I'm obviously super passionate about, and I had a big practice in Australia, and uh, it's changing for me. It's changing and it's, 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 uh, I like, I like how I got to share a little bit now about it. And I didn't, uh, often when people ask me about my breathwork journey, I I share this huge story about like my past and how, how I got to this place and how this, and I really enjoyed, it's interesting. I really enjoyed not sharing that story just now. I really enjoyed just sharing some wisdom about the breath and, and it was just like, I don't have to. I'm going through this big thing in my life right now, or even my business actually, where I'm not stepping aside, but I'm stepping a little bit this way. So the essence of, and the entities and and the vision of that can actually go deeper. Because in some way I feel like I am personally restricting the growth of, uh, and heart breath is the the modality, the the practice that I created. And I'm restricting the, the, the growth of heart breath because uh, it's wrapped in 
the identity of the story that how it impacted me in the beginning and how it changed my life. And then be able to just purely to speak on the power of the breath and not wrap my own story within that felt really good. And I just felt like sharing that just now. It's like that felt really good to just, you know, being of service to that true essence of the breath in that moment was really nice. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed this this drop in and this, you know, usually podcasts are quite structured and uh, people have a lot of questions for you or, you know, there's a that, that it's been planned out leaning into it where I felt like. It, this is just going on a bit of a beautiful journey and I can see, I can really see the vision of this podcast for you. I can feel it. I'm, I'm experiencing it. I'm experiencing the vision that you have of just creating conversation and just working with where the energy is and just deeply sharing from the heart. And, and I think that's really beautiful what you're creating here, brother. And, and I feel like this space is, is what people are craving and desiring. It's just to hear people chat and talk and connect and, and yarn and, and talk about things they love and talk about their heart and talk about things they experience and the weirdness and the craziness of life because there's so much out there, you know. There's so many podcasts with so much information and so much growth. And, like, if we go back into, like, the ancient times, even here in Bali, you see it all the time. The local people just sit around with each other and just sit on the side of the road or sit and just chat with each other. <laughs> and I feel like we've forgotten that in society. We're so wrapped up in our lives that we just forget to sit down and have a chat with someone. And when I was in the medicine, I was thinking about this. I was like, I go to my Sayuri, this cafe in Ubud. It's the, if you ever come to Ubud, Sayuri is the spot. You meet people there. It's a good vibe. There's all this stuff going on. And I was just thinking on the medicine, I was like, why don't, why don't we just go and talk to people randomly? Like here it's pretty normal, but in the rest of the world, like someone's just sitting by themselves in a cafe, why don't we just go and sit next to them and say hello? <laughs> like it's absurd that we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So much shame there, embarrassment. What are they going to mm. say? What are they going to, are they going to reject me? Right? What are they going to say to me? They're going to look at me weird. Like, ah, oh, like all those stories. And I'm like, finally getting to the point where like, you know, 40 years old, none of that matters anymore. It's like, ah, oh, it's like, just live. Let's just live. Mm. Right. And there's an impulse to meet somebody, be the meeting, take the, take, take, take the direction, right? Be the masculine, move in the direction, trust the current of life. Yeah. Thank you for those words. It's like, when we do know something is right in our hearts, can we listen to it? Can we then act without thinking about it? Can mm. we take the sword and then make it happen? Right? More and more, more and more and more. May my brothers stand with me in this. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful, man. Brotherhood is another journey that I've personally been on in recent years. I've sat in many circles and, um, and, uh, what's your journey been like? If you, if you, if you, if you're around for another 10, 15 minutes, we sure, can open man, up another topic. Why not? 
Mm -hmm. Let's open up another topic. Mm -hmm. um, being a man in this world, being a brother in this world, mm -hmm. I, and you touched on this earlier, like I didn't really have the role models when I was younger, men around me. We didn't propagate good men on the news or good men mm -hmm. in the, in sort of the, the movies. Mm -hmm. And my family didn't really have the education or the regulation tools to know what it was to do that. I love my dad dearly um, in his way of loving, but it wasn't fully and completely, if we ever are, um, uh, the, the level of integration that's possible that I see now in the world with the brothers around me here in, in Ubud for sure. Um, yeah, where, where did you start? How did you start mm. your journey of going from boy to man? And what, 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 what's kind of the, the things that stood out for you on that path? Mm. Yeah, I love that, man. I, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, there's, when you're a kid, when you're a boy, there's always kind of two, two kind of ways you want to choose, right? And usually, usually a boy wants to conform and, and be, be, you know, do things by the book and isn't good in school and does what he's told and like, you know, listens and is like, you know, and then there's the other boy that's complete rebel. And for me, being the rebel was my cry for was my actual ask for attention. What I was really asking for when I was being rebellious and being out of control and causing a ruckus was I want some presence. And I wasn't getting presence the other way by being conformative and doing the right thing. So I chose to be more of a rebel in my early, my early, my early kind of life uh, to get the presence. And I got the presence, but it wasn't the presence I really, truly wanted. Um, and that led to me uh, actually being uh, asked to leave school, leave high school. And uh, that was reflected in my grades. And um, I was given, I was not given many options. I was given three options, which was one to change my attitude and uh, yeah, change my attitude and step up and, and, and do the right thing to uh, leave, like leave school or three, they offered me this like a uh, apprenticeship link program um, to go and do a trade. And basically I had to choose from, basically I kind of got pushed into that. It wasn't, it was just a more of a mutual agreement and I felt like my voice was taken away in that moment from my family, uh, my teachers, schooling, just system. It was just like, this is your path now. And basically I got given five options. Uh, Boilermaker, uh, couldn't be electrician because I'm slightly colorblind, bricklayer, carpenter, painter, or a mechanic. And like, these are the five, five things you can do in this apprenticeship link program. And basically this program's like, uh, you go to school three days a week and then you go to, uh, it's called TAFE, which is like another kind of tech school for these trades, trade school for two days. So I started doing this program and that then started to put me and shift me into a different world. And during this program, you go and do work experience in the trade that you chose. And I chose to do mechanics. And um, so I had started doing work experience at a diesel mechanic 
workshop and the, that was my first ever experience into a man's world and back then there wasn't many men women in the industry and if there were they worked in the office and there was no man on the floor basically so i was at 14 15 yeah forced into this man's world working around middle-aged men hard labor 10 to 12 hour days uh working on machinery working on mechanical stuff uh so i had to learn really quickly how to adapt to be in that world and i had to learn how to protect myself i had to learn how to be in that space around in australia you know a lot of unhealthy patterns and behaviors and and things go down in that space um probably the worst space to, that I've ever seen around. I've probably seen the worst of men in that space. Um, and how that shaped me as a young adult was very, uh, was very impactful and disempowering for myself, uh, which then it led me to, uh, you know, you look to your peers when you're, process, when you're, when you're going through stuff. And a lot of my peers were either taking drugs or drinking or abusing each other and making fun of each other. And uh, I just started to do that because I thought that was the way. And it wasn't until I had a huge awakening, uh, which is a whole other story, which would take up all this time, uh, though... I had a huge awakening uh, after being severely beaten up by another man um, for doing something that I shouldn't have been doing in a place that wasn't my place. That's a really nice way to put that. <laughs> uh, you can read between the lines of what that means. Um, and uh, I had awakening. I had, it's the first time I experienced the breath and I had this huge awakening in the hospital bed and because um, I got severely beaten up and, and I had this awakening in the hospital bed where I realized that every single moment that I chose to press with drugs and alcohol and I made a commit to myself to never put myself in that situation again. And, and I went searching and started with my health, started to get clean, started to, um, yeah, search for these spaces that, uh, that could help me. And I was very, very lucky and fortunate that I got to meet some incredible brothers and men that I are dear to my heart in Australia who, who held me through deep work, deep men's work and, and inner work and, and to be surrounded by men who look, look at you with love. And I know that you feel this because I feel this with you. I'm, I'm another brother and a man that looks you with so much love and presence and just like celebration of you and wants to hold you. And it's just like, it's just like, wow, I've gone from this world of, men putting you down, abusing you, not wanting the best for you, who are also, that I realized later in life, actually just in deep pain. And this mm -hmm. is their way of expressing that deep pain because they don't have this space to then be in this space of being deeply held. Really like catapulted me in my journey. Uh, and yeah, it's not until you've asked this question now that I have a lot of gratitude for the brothers in my life, for the men that I have in my life uh, that have held me in the past that may not be in my life now, for the men that are in my life now and the men that are going to be in my life. Um, 
because without that, without these people around me, these other brothers around me, holding me, keeping me accountable, speaking into when I'm not stepping up and loving me, like it flips the script on, on, on like, yeah, like that we can actually receive and feel a lot of love from another man. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It doesn't have to be this, this, this thing. Oh, it's gay, man. Like it's gay if you love on me. It's like, no, I hug all my brother mates. We sometimes cuddle, whatever. Like to be able to receive love from another man is, is, is the best gift. And sometimes we don't have our actual father in our life or we have a father in our life that isn't emotionally available. So we can be the fathers for each other. We can be the brothers for each other, the uncles and the role models for each other. To, to be better, to, to, to celebrate each other. Because that's what we did back in the day. The men celebrated the fuck out of each other. They went and hunted yeah. together. They sat in circle together. They held each other. And, and they helped us check in when we weren't like um, showing up. And it wasn't, it's not a punishment. It's just a, hey, brother, step up. You can do better. I love you, but you can do better. And thank you for being in my life is what we should be doing with each other instead of yeah. you're a piece of shit. You, you know, all those abusive things we say, other men say to each other. Um, and then, <sighs> yeah. It's so true. The word you speak that where you're speaking from, this is, it's so normalized in men to act and be like that. Mm -hmm. Millions of men across the world, especially the West. Australia, similar in England, can imagine in the US, Canada too. Mm -hmm. These are the countries that I, I guess most similar to the culture that I know we know. Mm -hmm. Like in Britain, it's very easy to to put other people down. It's like it's just in the web. If you're doing really well, I'll put them down. Oh, they're not going to last very long. Oh, oh yeah. It's just like it is a constant like you got to come and be like me down here, <laughs> the celebration mm -hmm. of the lifting, you know, and mm -hmm. this is still prevalent in our world. It's still mm -hmm. prevalent. If we are talking about it right now here, it's still there. It still exists. Right. And mm -hmm. yeah, these conversations are bringing awareness to those things. Right. Mm -hmm. May we, may we flip them around and may we notice, may we notice when we bring about, statements that are coming from pain when we project something out into the world hold on maybe that isn't true maybe maybe i am hurting inside myself mm -hmm. like all pain all all war in the world and we're seeing that more right now at these mm -hmm. times comes from that pain within somewhere pain within us as a whole so where, where is that pain? What is that pain that's creating and propagating and amplifying this mm. into the physical world? You know, mm -hmm. that's why like we are so committed. I speak for myself and I feel you too. So committed to the inner work, the inner world like this, this is the space inside is the space where we can change the outside. It starts in here and it's not mm. cliche. It's truth, right? It's like, it's not, a, oh, it starts within. It's just start within, la, la, la. No, like, like this is it. This is how it works. 
take mm-hmm. a dose of mushrooms or ayahuasca or LSD, do a ceremony, understand the world and see how it is all connected, mm-hmm. deeply connected. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. And I, and I feel yeah. the medicine for that is like, often when we're a boy, we want to go back to the mum, right? We want to go back to our mother. We feel called back to the mother. And then when we're at, it's like these boys never get the opportunity. So uh, what I feel like is really lacking in society is uh, initiated process for boys, teenagers to step into adulthood, step into manhood or, or giving some sort of space for them to be able to step into that for a rite of passage. And I've been very fortunate to have done that. A lot of that work in Australia for four years, I did rite of passage camps for teenagers, really powerful and beautiful work. And I really saw that there is a, that there's, there's men, well, there's grown men in the world who are, who are physically grown men with hair on their, hair in their balls and hair on their chest and beards and long hair. And like, we're in it, you know, we're, we're here, but they're actually just boys, the anchored still in boys. And, yeah. and what's needed is, is to go through that rite of passage, that initiated experience. And, and, and often the boy wants to go back to the mother wants to wants to go to the mom and 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 what we do when we're not fully initiated or right or gone for a rite of passage into deeper manhood we then look at we look for these partners and these women to fucking fulfill the mother role because the boy is wanting that and then we and then and such a there's such a like a thing that plays out between men and women and it's actually just their, their partner becomes their mum, yeah. And it's wild when you see it. When when I first saw that, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my days!" Like the first woman that I thought was my, like my girlfriend that I thought was my mum, I actually once called my mum to talk to her, and I called my mum babe. <laughs> that's when I, re- I realised, holy <laughs> fuck, my girlfriend. Like there's some fucking mum dynamic playing out between me and my girlfriend. So I just called my mum, babe. That was like, I was like, fuck. Something's got to change here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I tune into my, my last relationship of five years, I, I, that was the relationship where I learned this, right? Mm. I learned that there was still currents of my being that was still projecting onto her mom, mommy, you know? And it was the journey of releasing her of letting mm. her go of um, leaving the relationship which mm. was my my chosen initiation for myself it's like i i i know i'm doing this i i i gotta go mm-hmm. i i gotta go because this is me in letting go of you i'm actually just claiming now myself for the first time because mm-hmm. i was intertwined i was born through my mother i came through her mm-hmm. womb like a leaf mm-hmm. out of a tree. So of course mm-hmm. I'm connected to my mother and I always will be, mm-hmm. but there was a, an entanglement still there. I hadn't fully claimed my sovereign self back mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. my thirties, until my late thirties. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I yeah. am, and was one of those, one of those men that didn't know this. It was a boy until his mid to late thirties. And I look mm-hmm. out in the world and I see the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm the patterns in relationships of the 2.4 children households is just this it's absurd it's wild <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah yeah 
Adelaide's about so important for this this rite of passage process that needs to to be implemented into our society. It's implemented in Indigenous communities and 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 First Nation peoples and communities around the world, but in the Western world, it's 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 not there. And our, in the Western world, the initiated process is partying and and, and alcohol and like let's throw a big celebration because we just finished high school and get really messed up on alcohol. Yeah. Oh, and then in that process of the rite of passage is when we really learn to let go of the mother. And and in the rite of passage, uh, the, the boy leaves his community and he goes on a journey. And on that journey, similar to the hero's journey, he goes on a journey through understanding himself and then he meets a wise man. The wise man then shows him the way, shows him that there's this 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 dragon, this this boy or this part of them that needs to be integrated and worked through and they and they go through it. They go through that. They go through the forest and they go through the dark night of the soul. Or whatever that is for that for that boy, you know, in the indigenous communities they'd go out and hunt a lion. If they and they didn't come back with a lion, there wouldn't be a boy. And if they died out there, that was their destiny. But in obviously we can't send our boys out into the jungle and go hunt a lion, you know, like we, we so could, we have, to, we have to, we could, yeah, we could, we could <laughs> so create a space that represents that, you know, some sort of self-inquiry challenge, a physical challenge, yeah. emotional, yeah. physical, spiritual. And then when they come out of that, they, they get, they get shown these tools of how to be a man in the world. Or this is what it's like to be a man. Mm. And then after that, they actually get to then be, go back to the community and then be celebrated by the community and met the community sees him as a man, not a boy. And and if we if we create those spaces in the world, how many beautiful men would we have in the world who are connected to their heart? Hmm. And how many women would feel like they're being treated like a queen and be able to fully soften? And when when we start to see the yeah, the, the this this more rise of, of men, embodied men. Because we're seeing the rise of masculine men, but it's destructive. Because it's the boy. The boy wants to destruct and just fucking. There's a there's a quote. If yeah. we don't if we don't show and teach our boys how to become men, they'll come down to the village and burn the village to feel the heat. <sighs> and that's because they want to destruct. But a man that comes down to the village, a, bo- a boy that would come to the village wants to destroy it. But a man that comes to the village will want to provide for the village and that's the difference between a boy and a man a boy wants to destroy a man wants to create yeah hmm. <laughs> oh yeah I love that distinction so much mm. that was the second spine shifting energetic orgasmic moment I've had on this call with you yeah. Mm. Ben, I feel as if we yeah. are coming to a close. That was a solid 90 minutes mm. of absolute joy and presence Beautiful. with you, brother. Yeah. yeah man. What a joy. Thank you. Thank mm. you for being here with me. Thank you for being. Thank you for sharing you. Thank you for, uh, yeah, enjoying me on those topics. And love you, man. Mm. Yeah. Love you, brother. Blessings, man. It was such a beautiful space that you created and I felt especially that last bit, just talking about that really really inspired me for that work and like how important that is. And um, yeah, I really appreciate and deeply respect the space you created here and 
I'm I'm actually really excited for you, man, and, and, and the conversations that you get to have more after this with other incredible people because uh, you hold such a beautiful space and, and it's, yeah, just honoured to have you in my life, man. I've received this. Thank you, bro. Thank mm. you. Letting it in. Yeah. Mm. All righty. 